Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I'm Alan, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Ski. Hello. And Brent. Deja vu. And today we're going to be uh, discussing episode 15 and our quest to determine the greatest episode of the entire <laughs> series of the Golden Girls. I'm at gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to make cuts before <laughs> we even get through 30 seconds of this episode. Um, now, I did want to let everybody know that we're going to make some slight alterations with the way that we uh, do the episodes, prepare for them. It's all going to be the same format, recap, MVPs of the episode, uh, rating, and, and whatnot. But I did find out that my friend Ski, who prepares the, the recaps, <laughs> is spending upwards of two and a half and sometimes more hours a week preparing his uh, notes and whatnot for, for this a, for a half hour program right and for <laughs> let's be honest a pretty mediocre podcast um, it, it, we realize we're not setting the world on fire with this particular uh, this particular endeavor it's just an opportunity to get together and have fun and and ski I think is putting in far too much time and effort uh, for uh, far too little payoff <laughs> so I, I've asked him to limit the time he takes to one to one and a half hours at most. So the recap may be a little more succinct than it has been in the past. Um, I don't know if it'll shorten the episodes itself or themselves, but uh, the uh, the recap may be a little less thorough and maybe a little more. Um, I assure you, the quality has also suffered. No. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, let's be honest. There, there's only so far down that you can go before you start digging. So I don't think there's that far <laughs> from where we were to the floor to begin with. So. With, uh, with all that being said, a uh, fair warning, um, but go, go ahead and turn it over to Ski for the recap. All right. Like he said, it's episode 15. Uh, the title of this episode was In a Bed of Roses. I think that was my favorite title so far. Agreed. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a really great wordplay. Did you catch the apostrophe placement? Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know the apostrophe is before... <laughs> The final S, roses. Yeah, the only showing a, a possessive. Right. Yeah. The only place I, I guess it could theoretically be after the S if uh, roses was. Um, if there were several roses. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was a bed made out of roses. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it also belonged to that bed of roses. So. But anyways, yes. Now we know where the apostrophe is. So. Oh, and I was thinking too. That was all I had. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's your recap. <laughs> and that took you an hour and a half for that part of well, it. Just about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, anyway, uh, original air date was January eleventh, nineteen eighty-six. Now, I'm going to stop you real quick um, before you go into the next part. One thing Brent and I discussed is that at this point, we can probably drop the producers as well as the creator from your intro Are you and sure? ju just go with the uh, writer and director um, and the air date. I think the air dates uh, in you know. Solid info. Yeah, I think yes. that's decent info the, to have. The, so you're saying the things that may change. <laughs> right, exactly. Other things it's, not, it's, not, <laughs> it's not suddenly created by someone else now? Exactly. I think the things that are, are static, um, we can go ahead and leave behind. But the, I'm the, just going to single source these intros. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so with that being said, <laughs> sorry if it throws off your rhythm here, but you can oh, skip over the created and my entire, producers. You know, template here. You also can leave off who it's co-produced by. So... That is true. That has not changed as yet. Right. Now, if it does change in the future. I, I still don't know if it's that valuable, but if it changes, then by all <laughs> means, you can feel free to, to let, us, uh, let well, us in on that info. This particular episode was written by Susan Harris, the okay. creator, and uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Okay. I don't, I don't know what else he does, so he directs. Okay, fair enough. 
So in this episode, we open at the front door. Rose is arriving home from a date with a, a man named Al. They uh, reveal that they've been dating for about a month. He's kind of pressuring her to uh, let him come in and stay for the night. Uh, she is nervous and kind of hesitant because she's never brought a man over to stay the night at this house. Now, I know that, um, yeah, she, she discusses in this part, you know, the concern of, of the noise of, of her roommates, you know, hearing the man mm-hmm. over. But she does not seem into this at all to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely seems <laughs> like uh, all the pressure is coming from Al, and there doesn't seem to be any uh, initiative on Rose's part. To, I, I thought that at first, too. I, I did find that maybe she was a little bit into it, though, when she let him in so easily. Yeah, I mean, she let him into the house easily, but I didn't get the impression that she was planning to bet him that. Uh, gotcha. I mean, he definitely had to put on the full court press to, to get that, that ball rolling. Uh, date rape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't date rape. I mean, she definitely consented. There was no uh, appearance of alcohol or other substances. So it was 100% consensual, but I just think that he pressured her into it. So Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that part. Uh, as I said, she's never had a man spend the night at this house. Uh, she adds that you know, she doesn't want. He didn't want to take her to a hotel or his house. Right. Uh, he mentions though that at his house, his sister would be there, and they'd have an audience. Right. Uh, but the hotel would make it feel cheap. Uh, she lets him in, and they kind of talk in hushed uh, tones. Uh, Rose asks him if he can be quiet, and then he assures her he can be quiet like a mouse. Um, the plan is ultimately for Al to leave in the morning when the girls are leaving to play golf. And then they head to the bedroom. Change scenes, and it's the morning. Rose enters the kitchen where Dorothy and Blanche are already getting their breakfast. Uh, Dorothy worries that Rose must have had a crazy dream because she was so loud. And then Blanche says she thought that Rose was making love. Rose insists that she had an awful nightmare. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche you know, have a short discussion about making noises during sex. Kind of go back and forth. I think Blanche says something along the lines of, well, she's never done that, and Blanche is like, "How can you not?" <laughs> right. Well, I, I thought one of the a good line leading into that conversation of uh, "Isn't it interesting that sounds are the same for an awful nightmare and great sex?" Which uh, I I don't know if that's true. I mean, the only <laughs> way I can figure is she's just equating it purely to the sounds that Rose was making because the way <laughs> she says it is almost like, "Oh, it's a universal that bad nightmares and great sex all sound the same." <laughs> um, but I would I'd have to assume. I mean, I, I don't know. I've I've heard people having awful nightmares. Obviously, I've never heard myself having one. But it doesn't sound what great sex, uh, at least in my mind, sounds like. Which, as we find out from Dorothy, is silence. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Dorothy uh, says that she felt it was uh, unladylike, and uh, Blanche seems like she's down with the dirty talk. Uh, then Sophia enters the uh, kitchen and tells Rose that she uh, saw, saw a man in her bed. Rose kind of protests, saying that, you know, no, 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 you're wrong. Now, just to back up just a second, because, you know, Blanche brings up the dirty talk, which, of course, is very in character, you know, with Blanche. But then she's like, oh, nothing filthy, which I don't know, like, what is the <laughs> delineation between where dirty Where's talk is classy gone? and dirty talk becomes filthy? I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. There, there's certainly a harder core version of dirty talk, but um, she doesn't give any examples. And, and the way she's so adamant about it not being filthy, you'd think that it'd be 
so tame <laughs> that she'd be able to, you know, even bring it up there. A little the, less on the dirty side. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the girls. I, are, oh, I think you draw the line is if it's something that would get your grandfather hung, it's probably. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so as long as the dirty talk isn't overtly racist, exactly. then it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Now, does it matter if the person you're with? is part of a, you know, a minority or, you know, like if, if I'm with another white person and I throw racist stuff out, is it okay? But if I'm with, you know, a black person or, or whatnot, then, you know, I have, I, that would be filthy then if I use the racist terms. Yeah. I don't think you should either. Oh, in either case. <laughs> correct. Well, what if the person I'm with is, is terribly racist themselves and it's the thing that really gets them going still, still uncouth. Yes. Um, maybe you can meet in the middle and, you know, they could just yell out ninja. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> but then my fetish for the Teenage Ninja Turtles would get in the way and, you know, I don't know. It would end up. I don't think, I think there's no problem with incorporating the two. The two? Yeah. Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles, but it's subbing out the word ninja there. <laughs> That's not where I was going. Oh, okay. I was just saying, you know. Incorporate that into the uh, experience. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles. Fair enough. I mean, there's no reason the Ninja Turtles and racism can't be intertwined. <laughs> so the girls are excited that uh, Rose got lucky, uh, but uh, Sophia states that it's not quite so lucky because the man in her bed is dead. Yeah. Um, she found him when uh, she went into the room to uh, put back uh, Rose's laundry, apparently. Rose protests that he, he's just shy, but Sophia insists, of course, that he is dead. Uh, the girls discuss it back and forth a bit. Sophia again asserts that the man has died. She says, uh, this is actually, I think, my favorite line for the entire episode. You don't think I can recognize death? I lived in a retirement home. Death visited more often than children. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely one of the, the better lines in the episode. I felt like this line, this episode had a lot of good lines in it, um, which you know, maybe we'll hit on a few more as we go through. But I will say, boy, I get she's from Sicily, you know, and there's kind of the whole, uh, <laughs> you know, it, she gives the impression or the impression that, you know, there's like mob land violence and things of that nature <laughs> that, you know, she's been around death her entire life. But mm-hmm. boy, she is nonchalant about there being a dead man in Rose's bed. Yeah. I, I got the impression that they all that had sort of that. I mean, like the entire episode, it seems like, ah, oh, there's. Very quickly passing jokes and stuff back and forth. Yeah, and this guy wasn't that old. Now, granted, they didn't know him at all. You know, they'd right. never met him, and so they wouldn't have any emotional connection to him. But uh, Still pretty stunning news. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the guy who's in his, you know, 50s, it would appear, is now dead in Rose's bed. Um, yeah, I would think that'd be a little bit bigger story. I mean, I would think the first thing you do is call the police, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, no, we can't do that. And we never see that, by the way. Right, yeah. yeah not once. As far as we know, he's still rotting away in her. Well, no, I guess at the end we find out that he's definitely not. But <laughs> yeah. did the autopsy in her bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Do you mind if we use your area? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, let sleeping dogs lie. What, what tools do you have? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anyway, they squabble back and forth a little bit about who's going to go check on him to see if he actually is passed. Ultimately, Dorothy uh, gets up and goes to check. Then she uh, leaves the kitchen, turns right back around, asking for someone to go with her. I'm sorry so. to derail things again. There was one other line that uh, was in that, that, first, that scene in the kitchen that just kind of harkened back to a conversation we had previously. Because uh-huh. uh, Sophia makes the comment that um, you could light fire uh, firecrackers in his nostrils and you won't wake him. Which that, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I had said that my concern about my body drifting down the river, you know, whenever they dispose of my corpse is that, 
you know, teenagers would desecrate my corpse. You know, that I, w- I don't really care, but I don't necessarily want that stuff ending up on the internet. Apparently, even 80-year-olds will desecrate your corpse because... You know, it gives a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. It's a good test. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's the way that you... If he feel. is alive, he will have horribly disfigured face and uh, nasal cavities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you so, don't have a mirror handy... Double bonus. Then, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, go ahead. I, sorry and if he is that. passed, then, you know, closed casket, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, uh, Sophia decides she'll go with her. And then, of course, they, they both emerge from the bedroom and confirm that he has passed away. Then uh, the girls all discuss what to do next. Someone brings up calling the police, which, as we said, we didn't see. But it obviously had to happen at some point. And then contacting the family as well. Uh, Blanston tells a... Uh, goes on to say that it's much better to hear from the family than the uh, police. She tells a rather sad story about uh, when she lost her husband, George, and he had passed away from a uh, head-on car collision, and the cops informed her in a very disrespectful way. They had put her on hold first, and then they picked up the phone again. They were eating chips. Mm-hmm. So the guy was eating chips, and then kind of blurted it out at the end, so, oh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> totally dead, ma'am. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good uh, exchange. And, yeah, definitely it would be a pretty horrible way to find out about the right, death yeah. of your spouse. And I think she said it was the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think she said the cops that he was overwhelmed because he was there by himself. Uh, so that's why he put her on hold Totally so justified, long. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that his he other... He was busy. I'm sure he was hungry, too. Right. Well, I had to skip lunch. Now, had we found out prior to this episode that George was killed in a car accident? <laughs> so, oh. yeah, so this is our first time finding out yellow convertible and... Uh, Died in a head-on collision, supposedly. So, I also thought though that um, when Dorothy walks out of the bedroom, you know, after going in to find out that Al was was indeed dead, she said he bought the farm. Yes, yes, and, that was a good line. Yeah, and and of course Rose takes that literally. <laughs> oh, really? Were you? <laughs> yeah, and then when she clarifies, no, he's definitely dead. Yeah, then she, she says. Uh, Oh, what was it? And uh, someone just said he just bought a farm. Yeah, oh, the poor <laughs> man with a new farm and everything. <laughs> I, it's funny because I was jotting down lines that I liked throughout the episode, and I felt like I just kept writing things down. I mean, I, we'll, we'll get to ratings and all that when we get to the end, but I just felt like there was a lot of fun lines throughout the I agree. episode. I, now, even with the uh, truncated uh, uh, synopsis, I did try to capture a few of the better lines, I mm-hmm. thought. So mm-hmm. if you guys wanted to vote on those or harking back to him or something. Yeah, I feel like with, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how this uh, this slightly altered format goes. It's just going to be, uh, I think, incumbent on Brent tonight to interject a little bit more since, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean no, that. I think that makes it better. It takes a little bit of the pressure off of you to <laughs> to give every bit of the every bit of the info. And so uh, Blanche volunteers to find the uh, phone number uh, for Al's sister uh, because she apparently lives with him, which I thought was odd that, Rose wouldn't just have that number yeah, if they've would, been dating a month. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you never would have given it to her because, you know, yeah, we as find we find out. out yeah. In a few seconds here. Um, and uh, they live in Boca Raton. And so she calls and finds out that it is not his sister, but in mm-hmm. fact his wife. And, and I think we talked last week about how infidelity seems to be a reoccurring theme in this yeah, series. It, it's crazy. Yeah, literally just last week, I think we had counted up something like 6 of 14 or 8 of 14. I mean, <laughs> it, it's an incredibly uh, high number of episodes. Add that, one more check mark. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Apparently, men are just pigs uh, in the 
in the world of Golden Girls. So Susan Harris must have really been burned. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, infidelity comes up quite often <laughs> throughout this, uh, this series, uh, especially in the early stages. Yeah. But I like it in this episode. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I agree. Just because this episode, I sort of feel is like it's like a greatest hits episode. Mm-hmm. It's like all your favorite stuff from the first half of the season, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, got a little infidelity, got a little bigamy. Well, not necessarily bigamy, but um, yeah, Rose making love again for the first time and <laughs> right, <laughs> however long. Exactly. So, sorry. Go ahead, though, Ski. Uh, then we have a scene change again, and the girls are still in the living room. Uh, but they're discussing the recent news that you know he had cheated and or was was married rather. Uh, Sophia states that uh, in his dying, he kind of serves him right for uh, lying to Rose, and I'm assuming his his wife as well. Right. Uh, Blanche chimes in with, "I don't know why did they do that. Don't they know we'll sleep with him anyway?" Which I copied that down because I was like, that also corresponds to something we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. Very much flies in the face with her saying that she's <laughs> never slept with a married man. Yeah. Um, sounds like she slept with quite a few married men. Mm-hmm. I thought about that, and I think the last episode she says she's never had a relationship with a married man. Ah, okay. I wonder if she draws the line with, you know, one night stands with married men. Or That could be. Well, and I guess, too, if uh, if she just says that they'll sleep, she'll sleep with them anyway, then it may be the perfect scenario for, for Blanche. She's not looking FWB, for a relationship. FWB, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 she I finally got what that meant. Oh, <laughs> friends with benefits for uh, okay. for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> got a little sultry the way that she kind of got up a little closer to the mic to <laughs> friends with benefits for everybody to know. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on my radio voice out. All right, <laughs> your bedroom voice. <laughs> my, my night tunes <laughs> <laughs> for all my Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. <laughs> 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 What is it? That, have you ever seen or heard the uh, the radio station with the the quiet storm? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> quiet storm. Yeah, it's like a soft jazz type station. <laughs> I wasn't sure like, where you're going. You're like soft. Like it was a soft core porn station. It's <laughs> <laughs> serious. They have a lot of stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm at now. So you know, she says, you know, we'll sleep with him anyway. Uh, Rose kind of struggles with how to inform the wife of how, you know, about her husband's passing. Uh, she says the hardest thing you'd ever have to tell anyone. And then Blanche goes on to uh, pose a worse scenario involving two pregnant sisters having uh, the same man's babies. Uh, the girls assume, by the way Blanche is talking, that she's referring to herself. They kind of get a disgusted look on their face. And then she's like, no, no, not me. It was a recent storyline from Dallas or Dynasty or, or Falcon Crest, yeah, yeah, something like that. She says they're all the those shows are all the same, right? It's nice to take a little dig at the nighttime soap operas <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the show. But one little line that Sophia had thrown in earlier, you know, she says when when Dor- or when Rose is trying to decide what she's going to say on the phone to this woman, you know, she says, "You can tell me died in the bed of an idiot." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, granted, I know they'd only been together for a month, and Rose doesn't seem super emotional about it. Uh, she seems, you know, like she's handling it pretty well. But overall. more upset that he's died than than actually having lost him at this stage. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Sophia could not be any less sensitive <laughs> to <laughs> the situation uh, that she that she is right there. And at this point, too, they don't even know, you know, about the the wife yet. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. The discussion continues. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Rose again states about how nervous she is to tell Al's wife that he's passed. Blanche makes uh, light of it somewhat then saying, she'll say, why that dirty rat? I'll kill him. 
and you just say to her, good news, darling, you don't have to, he's dead. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be, uh, well, I mean, I guess to kind of find out it's it's not too far off from that. <laughs> well, right, I, yeah. I take that back. She's the, Rose doesn't play so cavalier. But. No, no, and then the wife doesn't seem so angry. <laughs> so. Uh, and then, you know, we have a scene change, and now we see Rose arriving at this, what looks like a very nice house from the from the opening kind of house of a man who could afford a hotel well yeah I, one thing i left out is he was right. he was a diamond broker or something right yeah i mean it definitely or a, a diamond know. shipper or something and, and as we find out about this uh this philander it, i don't understand why he would be so against going to a hotel it seems like that would be almost ideal yeah yeah i would think so well and my thought at first was maybe he's worried uh that his wife would see the charges on a credit card or something yeah i was thinking that too but i mean i guess you could go cash well, yeah. and we find out that he doesn't need to go any any particular way as we go into this episode as far as the wife finding out. Right. <laughs> so Rose rings the bell. A lady answers and assures Rose that she doesn't need any Avon, a mop, or an encyclopedia. Yeah, that was, I think, one of my favorite lines of the episode. Um, it was, uh, she answers the door and she says, I'll save you some time. I don't wear Avon. I have a mop, and I'm still paying for an encyclopedia that my son used just once to look up sexual genitalia female. <laughs> Which I, I got to thinking on that. How would she know that was the one thing that her son looked up? I mean, did he look it up while <laughs> with she, her sitting there? Did he dog ear the page? I think, <laughs> like, I think that's got to be it, yeah. <laughs> left his chocolate fingerprints on it. Uh, right. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, so that's well, what Volvo looks like. Those are the pages on. stuck together, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, the, those clinical uh, descriptions of female genitalia definitely. Well, and back, I don't know. Did you guys own encyclopedias growing up? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I, I think yeah. I might have had some sort of like kid version of I, them i did and we had like an entire volume most of the pictures in there were illustrations mm-hmm. more than dr- like pictures like, like photos oh yeah you were definitely if you wanted to get some uh, salacious pictures you're definitely better off with the national geographic <laughs> than you were with um you know with an encyclopedia back in that time period Get the National Geographic for all those ninja hooters. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you're you're, you're getting real close to a line. <laughs> so you might, might want to want to step back just a half step. <laughs> hang me like Blanche's. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> grandfather. Well, Rose clarifies that she's there to talk to the talk to her about her husband, <laughs> not trying to sell her anything. And we we quickly find out that Al's wife, Mrs. Beatty. Uh, is well aware of his infidelity, as we kind of alluded to before, and that it was uh, quite frequent, even started with uh, their honeymoon even. Yeah, the chambermaid in Paris was uh, <laughs> the, the first time. Now, you'd have to assume, too, that's probably just when it started as a married couple. Yeah, as much of a dick slinger as this guy appears to be, <laughs> I'd have to assume that it was going on during their courtship as well. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, I don't see any reason why it would suddenly start then. Well, there are some people that... Take an attitude that it doesn't count until you're married, <laughs> necessarily. I mean, or at least that it's more forgivable, but think that, oh, well, once the ring is on the finger, then, you know, he's going to become a faithful yeah. Yeah, guy. And that's a definitely a bad a bad angle to take on that because it's not, <laughs> not going to work out in your favor. Don't you think Rose should have at least taken a moment to clarify that she did not realize he was married until 
afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we, we never do hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as this woman knows, you know, Rose went full well mm-hmm. knowing that she was with a married man. So, exactly. yeah, definitely would have been that. Probably would have been the first thing after mm-hmm. I told him that he died. You yeah, know, I yeah. would have told her that he died. I would have definitely mm-hmm. uh, thrown out there that I had no idea that he. Well, was you a might even man. bring it up before you get to that point because she first says, you know. Some along the lines of, oh, so he broke up with you and you're here to seek revenge. Right, yeah, like I didn't even know he was married. Oh, and he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, she talks about uh, that uh, he's been highly unfaithful. She assumes that Rose is there to get revenge on Al for, you know, potentially dumping her. Uh, Miss Beatty goes on telling her just how unfaithful he's been uh, with uh, throughout their marriage, giving like uh, several uh, descriptions. About one Easter that they uh, gave the son rabbits, and they used to look at Al in amazement, <laughs> apparently. Now, how would the bunnies know? Would you take the bunnies with them on the... Um, That's kind of sick, On it? his escapades? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe right at the house. Yeah, it could... Well, I mean, or it could just be the that, rabbits. It could be that Al was had such a highly charged sexual appetite that even with what he gave to Lucille, it was still enough to impress the bunnies. Pheromone <laughs> style, maybe? Yeah, like exactly. Just like, wow, something's up with that guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe He's it's, electric. It's shocking that they only had one child. Um, <laughs> so who knows how many little owls are out running around the country uh, right now. So. Uh, Rose you know, kind of interjects, though, that she has some bad news. And uh, Miss Beatty quips with her that, well, you couldn't be pregnant. Right. <laughs> but just kind of a... <laughs> kind a of jab a, at her age. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, then Rose breaks the news that Al has had a heart attack and passed away and then offers her sympathy. Miss Beatty won't believe it and uh, keeps rationalizing why it can't be true uh, until it finally kind of hits her and she breaks down a bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a weird diatribe where she's like, I'm talking, so it can't be true, right? Yeah, yeah, that was odd. Almost um, overly dramatic, I thought, but... It's like she was given the monologue that Jason Voorhees' mom gave in the first Friday the 13th. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe she was auditioning. I mean, both of the, uh, the guest actors in this one were prolific uh, guest-type uh-huh. actors. I mean, I think that um, Al... He did have one pretty long-running series. I, I assume it's on a soap opera because I didn't recognize the name, but uh, Richard... Wrote is his his actual name, and uh, he does actually come back for another episode. And you know, I, I assume it's a different character since Al is dead. <laughs> that is a little ballsy, yeah. But yeah, he had a, 172 episodes on a show called The Doctors as Doctor Jake Chandler over the course of about 20 years. So mm-hmm. I assume that you know that was another soap opera, yeah. um, and then like 12 episodes on something called Generations. And uh, Priscilla Morrill, uh, she's the one who played played Lucille. She had seven episodes on Newhart and uh, 16 episodes on uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, but aside from those, you know, those shows, they had several appearances or, you know, of course, in, in the case of Richard, quite a long run. They appeared on a ton of other stuff as mm-hmm. one or two episode, yeah. you know, arcs and, and lots of stuff in the 70s and 80s. A lot of shows they both appeared on. I don't think they were, you know, in conjunction with each other, but um I think Mary Tyler Moore show and Family Ties and mm-hmm. I don't know just a ton of ton of different uh, ton of different shows that the two of them appeared on together. So yeah, yeah, perhaps that 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 Jason Voorhees um, <laughs> type monologue <laughs> was uh, you know yeah. trying to audition for the next role coming up. Exactly. She's like, this will get me on the Falcon's Landing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did say Falcon's Landing. <laughs> I caught that too. So it's better than Knott's Crest, but. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Rose and Mrs. Beatty are sitting on the couch, and they're both kind of lamenting the, lo- the, the loss of Al. 
they, she even says he was a decent man, which mm-hmm. seems odd in light of all that we just discussed prior. I, I guess it depends. You know, if you are in a situation, you're like, you know what, this is who this person is. Mm-hmm. I accept him for that person. Then, you know. Yeah, so it's you know, an open marriage, right? More just, or less. I mean, you know, she may have not taken advantage of the mm-hmm. open marriage, but it sounds like she had one hundred percent accepted. Yeah. She goes on to say she still loves him and misses him, obviously. Right? Yeah, she doesn't seem at all like there was no point. I thought for a moment there she may turn around and be happy that he was dead because of him being such a flander, mm-hmm. but there was no point in time where she seemed anything yeah, but, yeah, but remorseful not remorseful it, like sad that he's gone right and, and really she never seemed angry at rose or at him for the for the affair at all so mm-hmm. you know see i guess he could still be a decent guy and all that just that's the lifestyle that she that he that well she clearly was living in a nice house so maybe that was the trade-off is she's like i'll stay with him i i have these feelings for him but i know this is part of the uh the package yeah yeah i mean i guess you just uh you love the one you're with Getting them diamonds, right, Brent? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Rose starts kind of feeling sorry for herself while they talk to the point where Miss Beatty starts to comfort her until uh, she points out the irony of the situation. And then Rose kind of says, oh, I'm so sorry, and kind of hugs her. And then uh, we change scene again. Yeah, once again, shows what a god-awful uh, grief counselor Rose must be. I mean, <laughs> that's her profession. <laughs> she just, every opportunity she has to counsel those grieving, she seems to do a terrible job at it. So, I don't know. They may have I don't like know. A, I think it may be a part of the tactics. Diversionary. Could be. I don't She's know. She's like, I'm trying to take care of this other lady, so I forget my own grief. I'd like to think that above Rose's cube at work, there's like a, one of those number boards like they have days till, since last accidents, but it's like days <laughs> since last suicide. And Rose like, oh, I'm almost up to four, <laughs> you know, if I can get through the rest of this shift without losing one more, you know, one more caller. Uh, Woo, Rose, you're on the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. The only time that chart hits four is the Tuesday after Labor Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> when she returns from her holiday. <laughs> now, do, we, do we include days off? or? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do have a scene change there. And then we see uh, Dorothy and Blanche in the kitchen and preparing a, a salad with an apparently tasteless dressing. Yeah, one calorie dressing that it sounds like Blanche has made herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least the way she has it, although, you know, Ro- or uh, Dorothy then tells her, you know, I, I can't remember the, the three things she says to avoid, but one of them is things that, uh, you know, have zero fat or zero calories or something like that. Um, the last one was like, hey, let's just say, lay on the bed and watch TV or something. Right, yeah. Well, the... Uh, she says that if you ran it under the faucet, it would have more flavor. <laughs> so. I like that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rose enters and states that uh, she's going to become a nun, uh, this being the second man to die in her bed. Uh, Dorothy informs Blanche that, you know, Charlie passed away in a similar manner. Which I thought that that was told to the entire group. I guess I didn't realize or didn't remember, at least, that Dorothy was the only one of the group that had been informed about Charlie's demise. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just the oddest moment for the writers to suddenly care about continuity. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hang on, Blanche doesn't know this yet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely... It's it's all those times when she is or isn't sleeping with married men. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, again, I guess, you know, maybe there's some semantics. I'd have to go back and look at the exact wording. Um, She she may be very uh, hard-lined on the definitions, right? Yeah, very much could be. Uh, So, uh, anyway, Blanche asks... uh, you know, finding out that two men have now died after sex with uh, Rose. What exactly do you do in in bed, Rose? <laughs> uh, she answers nothing, and then Blanche out. 
follows with that. Well, maybe that's what it is. They have to do all the work. Right. Uh, Blanche then tells a story about a lady she knew who had had seven husbands, uh, killing them slowly with ground glass in their salads, which I thought was great timing while they were eating the salad at the table. It seems like there'd be so many easier places to put ground glass. Yeah, yeah. Salad would be almost the most obvious place that you could put it out. Like, I think you'd bake it into something, not, exactly. not just sprinkle it on top. Exactly. Here's Sloppy Joe's again. I'd have to say the only reason, the only reason that they threw that in as the option is, you know, because then then Dorothy does her classic thing where, you know, Rose is like, why, why did she put glass in the salad? And she says, because they ran out of croutons. Um, you know, it's which a good is sarcastic. Clip, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of her, you know, classic type sarcastic responses to Rose's idiotic comments. Rose actually follows that with another story of a woman who'd accidentally uh, backed over her husband with a, a combine. Right. Uh, scattering bits of him around. <laughs> and then she adds that they had a very little coffin. It seems like, why would they bother with the coffin? <laughs> if they only have pieces of this man, <laughs> it seems like you might as well just go ahead the rest of the way and, and do a cremation instead of ordering a child-sized coffin <laughs> for his parts to be buried in. Maybe they insisted for an open, you know. An open you, casket. <laughs> <laughs> an open little shoebox casket. <laughs> It's a little more depressing at that point, and that's yeah. Well, maybe it was one of those like hammer mill paper boxes, is what they. <laughs> and then that way you could go ahead and, and incinerate them pretty quickly. So. So are they assembling the pieces so it looks like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it looks like jigsaw from the Punisher or something. <laughs> when it's all said and done. <laughs> so. Pose 3D. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it gives a nice little way to, you know, spend a little last time with your loved one before <laughs> going in and send them off is, you know, trying to find the corner pieces first. And then... I think I just figured out how I want to, what I want to do with my funeral. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's get <laughs> chopped into bits and have your loved ones That's reassemble right, yeah. you. <laughs> I'm going to say some good parts for you guys. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know if you're going to have any say on it, um, but. <laughs> I'll put it in my will. Mm. Are you going to give like, like those. Like mesh miners' pans, so we can shake out your fillings. <laughs> I like that. Well, it'd be nice if everybody could walk away with a little something. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, I so. like it. Uh, the girls again, kind of assure Rose that you know she is not to blame. They were, of course, talking about Al's death, uh, but she follows up with, "Of course, I know that. She was driving the combine. I wasn't anywhere near the farm." Mm-hmm. So, very funny. Very classic, Rose. Yeah. And she leaves the uh, the kitchen. We change scene again, and now the girls are uh, going square dancing. Rose is kind of sitting on the couch, uh, insists that she is not going to go. She's going to stay home, and is definitely swearing off men. Blanche says that she'd die without men, uh, but uh, Rose maintains that you know many many women have uh, lived happy lives without men, and then mentions a neighbor <laughs> that uh, lived a, a happy life without a man. And it turns out it was the same woman that killed her husband in the combine accident. Yeah, and as far as we know, I mean, if her life was that happy post uh, the husband combine incident, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if maybe the investigators should reopen that. Quote, unquote, accident. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, that may have been a, you know, a situation where it was a lot less of an accident than what we were led to believe. <laughs> and so the girls, including Sophia, kind of opened the door. And ask one more time if uh, she'll be home alone. And Sophia pipes in with a great line. I thought, if someone breaks in, she'll just have to sleep with them. Yeah, I think that was probably my favorite line of the episode. And that was an episode with a lot of good lines. So, um, 
But yeah, I, I really like that one. I, I thought I, I also enjoyed their square dancing outfits. Yes, they were they were mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Dorothy looked like she was grunge square dancing or something. I mean, it was a <laughs> plaid shirt. It, it was an odd combination. It like wasn't the, like, like the collar almost had like a little tie to it, like a bandana built in, yeah, or like something. A, some sort of an odd ascot or something like that. But um, I like Sophia's Temple Grandin cosplay. For <laughs> <Right. laughs> what? Here we go again with Temple Grandin. <laughs> For the third episode now, Temple Grandin <laughs> is getting a mention. <laughs> Something that he hasn't seen, but I would imagine most of the listening audience, which is, I'm sure, incredibly small, <laughs> would have limited uh, limited knowledge of as well. But yeah. I've not seen it either. Oh, have you not? No. Yeah, neither have I. I've just, just seen her at award shows. <laughs> But she's a star of this podcast. She's <laughs> she's the unsung hero. <laughs> Second only to Coco. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, yeah, the chain scene. Rose is now sleeping on the couch when the doorbell rings, and it is Miss Beat. <clears throat> Miss Beatty, Beatty, Beatty or Beatty? Beatty, Beatty, the widow Beatty. Uh, she was kind of touched by Rose uh, taking the time to come tell her personally about Al's death, and she explains that uh, you know she knows that she was kind of taking it hard and blaming herself. Um, and then she goes on to say that the autopsy results came back, and uh, due to a very poor diet, Al's arteries were very clogged, and that uh, he would have likely died regardless of what you know was going on, and that you know she def- he definitely didn't die from them having sex, and that he'd killed himself. And then Rose says he committed suicide. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Bailey is like, well, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> Yeah, up till near the end of the episode, this is one of Rose's most obtuse episodes mm-hmm. <laughs> so far. I mean, she gets, uh, I don't know, interprets things wrong all throughout the episode. Very uh, frequent, yeah. Yeah, and they're all pretty good. Um, I don't know, I, like Brent said, it was kind of a best of episode in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. And then uh, Miss Beatty kind of leaves saying that she's glad that Al had passed away in the company of a caring person doing what he loved to do best. Now, you know, last episode we discussed that perhaps the biggest asshole of the entire series so far was the uh, gym teacher that Dorothy was Mm -hmm. shacking up with who, Mm -hmm. you know, basically said, you know, that he wouldn't leave his wife because Dorothy might leave him someday and, you know, he wouldn't end up alone. And uh, I think on the flip side, we go one episode, you know, further down the line. And I think that Miss Beatty may be the kindest person that we have (laughs) come across. I mean, just the fact that, you know, it's one thing that regardless of what the arrangement that her her husband had, Mm -hmm. you know, that aside. And this is a woman that her husband was having an affair with. She would have no connection to Rose whatsoever. And yet she not only tries to comfort her (laughs) when she comes to tell her directly after finding out about the death. Yeah, but then she even takes her time to come Mm -hmm. to Rose's house to tell her, hey, don't (laughs) worry, I know you're upset. And not only that, but I'm even glad that he died after having sex with you because at least he was with a decent person. So (laughs) she she definitely, I think, um, is the polar opposite of Mm -hmm. uh, Rocco's character from that last (laughs) one. And so we, uh, then we now go to uh, um, another scene, and Dorothy and Blanche are playing cards down the lanai. Mm-hmm. Sophia is standing kind of in the middle of them, uh, and then she's helping Blanche cheat, kind of uh, giving the, the nod for yes or no. I wonder what her reasoning for helping Blanche cheat would be. Uh, I mean, I can understand, you know, that uh, that Sophia always wants to win, you know, when she's playing against Dorothy. And, we but did, I don't we understand. did have an extra, a previous episode where... Dorothy kept losing, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and I think that Sophia kind of 
you know, has said that Dorothy has never beaten her at cards. So I get that she's competitive against her, but I don't understand why she would be helping <laughs> Blanche cheat. There's never a reason given as if, you know, Blanche is cutting her in on any winnings or anything. Yeah. She's just doing it to be a, you know, kind of an it's asshole. Kind of a sadistic, mom. like, put my daughter in her place kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess so, but... I don't know. I didn't didn't quite understand. <laughs> so anyway, Dorothy finally calls her out for it. I think there was a pretty good line in there where she's like, you've been nodding your head this whole time. It's like, I'm 80. Your head would nod too. Right. Rose comes in with a uh, suitcase and asks how she's looking. Uh, she's sporting a pilgrim-style, quote-unquote, new dress mm-hmm. that she just bought. She seems nervous about an upcoming uh, weekend date with Arnie, who we remember from before. Yeah, yeah. So even though um, the character Arnie doesn't appear, and we know the actor of Arnie does yeah. does become a regular on the show down the road, um, it is nice to see that uh, he's still there in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Another continuity uh, branch. Absolutely. And plus it finally settles the... Because we never got a definitive answer whether they had made love. Oh, okay. The first time, and now we... Yes, we did. did. I think yeah. you tried to say we didn't have a definitive answer, but mm. they tell her in that first one to come back out of the room if they did... And then she comes back out and she says, and it was wonderful. So, yeah, yeah, they give a definitive answer. You try to say in that episode, they didn't give a definitive answer, too. You just can't accept that Arnie and Rose. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's holding out hope. He's like, I'm going to be the next. And I bet Al didn't even do it with her. He just died. (laughs) Just died. She didn't know because she lays there still and quiet. (laughs) Very quiet. Well, that's right. She's loud, apparently. Like a mouse. So... But uh, I don't know, all that yelling and whatnot, that may have been what uh, what ultimately pushed Al's heart over the edge. <laughs> Maybe. Since it was so frail to begin with. So, uh, so you know, he, she's dated Arnie previously. And uh, we are told that uh, three months have passed now, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, since Al's death. Uh, she kind of waffles back talking to the girls about whether or not she's ready to potentially make love to Arnie on their uh, weekend trip. And then, in fact, in this little st- Stay in this little conversation she even mentions because I've slept with him before. Right. Or, or something along those lines. She uh, says, you know, it's been pretty traumatic since her last time, so she's kind of not sure whether or not she's ready for it again. Blanche kind of stops her then and uh, tells her, why don't you just go on, have a good time, and whatever happens, happens. And then Dorothy kind of agrees that she should just try to be comfortable and not worry about it. And then, you know, she decides to ultimately go she picks up her suitcase and heads out. And then uh, we get to our final scene. Uh, Blanche and Dorothy are in the kitchen now, wondering when Rose is going to get home. Apparently she's about two hours late. Uh, just then, coincidentally, Rose enters the kitchen with a, a very serious look on her face. Now, do you think that Rose, or, or any of them for that matter, would give people a, a specific time when they're going to be back from a date? <laughs> like, I feel like... Why would they be expecting her back by 10 o'clock or whatever time? Um, I don't know. It was like a weekend getaway, you know. Oh, okay. So, well, they were going. Well, I know she had said they had been on a weekend getaway before. Or or was this also? This was a weekend getaway. This yeah. was another weekend yeah. getaway. Okay. The, they did the cruise previously, and she referenced that. Now, see, Arnie, he's a man that knows how to treat a woman. <laughs> you know, Al won't even take her to a hotel, <laughs> but exactly. Arnie's like, I'll take you on a why, boat. Why even try week. someone else, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. As we come to find out, then Arnie's, you know, spiritual twin brother <laughs> is who ultimately fills that gaping hole in, in Rose's life, I believe, if I remember correctly. I'm glad you said life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. She hasn't been with that many men. I don't know if her hole's that gaping. I think I think we actually, I think she's been with more men than anyone else on this show that we've seen, though. 
Oh, yeah, at this point, and we like definitely Blanche have confirmed. Like, one or two. Uh, we've had uh, Arnie, uh, the short guy, the, 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 the small person. Well, they were a... Um, there were a couple, but had they ever spoken about them consummating their relationship? Don't know that. That's true. I'm not sure about that. Because we know for sure. I think Dorothy, yeah, she's been with Stan, and mm-hmm. she's been with um, the Definitely. jerk from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Has she been with anybody else up to this point that we know of? The doctor guy who made the passing oh. lunch. Yeah, that's right. Um, but do we know that the two of them had had, had, had sex? I, I guess not. I mean, I think we're just assuming. So there's, I don't know how many we have confirmed. We'd have to go back and... And really look into that. But Rose is certainly up there with the other other two at the very least. Nick. And we're 15 episodes in and we've got, what, seven? At least six. At, yeah, at least six or seven, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not taking their uh, retirement slowly, that's for sure. Well, they're not mm-hmm. the retired yet anyway. They're not taking their golden year slowly for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so, yeah, she walks in with this very serious look on her face. The girls kind of excitedly press her for details about how the trip went. She then kind of goes into the story, explains that uh, she'd slept with Arnie, and he died. <laughs> and there's this mouth agape, like, what? Right, shocked. And then, you know, the sheriff arrived, and she explained to him how this is what happens. She sleeps with somebody, and they die, and he doesn't believe her. So he says, well, sleep with me. And she does. And he dies. Right. <laughs> and now the girls are like, what? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're totally in shock at this point. So, you know, Blanche and Dorothy are just awestruck by this crazy, horrible news. Rose kind of then, a smile kind of starts creeping across her face, and she starts laughing. I mean, the, the whole story was a joke. You know, Artie was fine. They had a great time. The other girls are completely, you know, in disbelief of the fact that she just uh, got them. They're incensed. And then uh, they just kind of get up and start storming out. Uh, Blanche then says, I believed her. And I, I like the Dorothy ads. I was set to go to her hanging. Yeah, that was my favorite line <laughs> in the entire episode. That was, that was probably my second favorite. You know, it's, it's one thing when you kill three regular guys, when you kill a sheriff, you know. <laughs> and then Rose kind of closes with, I thought it was funny. And then, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, I, now, granted, in the moment, they'd be mad at Rose, but you'd yeah. have to think, especially Dorothy after the mm-hmm. fact, would have to appreciate um, that, you know, Rose, this They were person. kind of making fun of her a lot this episode as far as her gaffes. Oh, yeah. I mean, she made a, made plenty of them, and then at the end, to completely, um, you know... She sold it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she really did. It was, it was like a fox, that one. <laughs> exactly. Silver fox. So, <laughs> so for me, I'll go ahead and throw out my MVP for this episode. I think, well, I know I've discussed my favorite line, and Britt mentioned his. Did you already throw yours yeah, out? Yeah, mine to? was from before. It was the, uh, you know, you don't think I can recognize death. And I was living in a retirement home. Right. Yeah. You know, like I said, I thought there was a lot of really good lines. Um, but my MVP, I got to give it to Rose. Uh, you know, she, you know, obviously had a ton of her, you know, misunderstandings throughout the episode. Um, but then, of course, I think she really sealed the deal with that uh, that ending story that she gave. Yeah. So, so Rose is definitely my MVP. How about you, I Steve? I agree. Rose all the way. Definitely. I think it's the finest performance any of the girls has put in all season. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And honestly, even though overall the story was kind of a, a goofy story, I guess, um, I thought it was really good. I mean, I just thought the comedy was there from yeah. beginning to end in this episode. I mean, yeah. Susan Harris really knocked this one out of the park. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to go back to the pilot episode to find another seven and a half slice episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's hard because we're still fairly early in this process. I mean, this is episode 15 out of, you know, 180 episodes. But to me, 
I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to say six and a half on this one, which I may end up even feeling like that's too low as we mm-hmm. get further down the line. But I'm going to, you know, six and a half, I think that will be the highest rating I've given an episode so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Well, I don't feel so bad. I was going to say six. Six. Okay. And how about for you, Brent? Oh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So I think this one has a legitimate chance of contending as we go go down the... Certainly for season one. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I I know we haven't quite uh, come to a conclusion as far as how we're going to, you know, if, if it's going to just straight up be the scores, the top scores at the end, or kind of go season by season and pick a winner and then mm-hmm. put those head to head. But, you know, we'll figure that out as we go along. But, uh, yeah, until we get to that point, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.